Everybody, Will here with this week's interview chair. This week we have Mr. Robert Robotham. Sit back and hear what Bob has to say for an hour or so. Hi, everybody. That's Will on the interview chair with today, ex-professional handler, all-breed judge, Mr. Robert Robotham. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm fine, Will, and yourself? <laughs> good. I'm good. It's good to see you. <laughs> I always enjoy seeing you at shows because last time you had that, that hardcover canine classic uh, book and, and had all those old ads from the early 70s. I love that. <laughs> that was fabulous. Well, I have a, and I have, a, I have a cupboard to my right just filled with old books that have been bound like old dogs in Canada, old canine classics, and uh, they go back to the 70s. And it's uh, every once in a while, it's nice to go down memory lane and look at uh, some of the old handlers with pigtails and uh, how they looked in those days. I even look good sometimes. <laughs> I'd be there for hours. I love those. All right, we're going to get ready. First question, Robert. How old were you and how did you get involved in the sport of dogs? I was probably in my late 20s, and uh, I purchased an Afghan hound in 1975. Ah. And I, after I caught it several times, after it got away, um, I thought, well, I'd try showing it because I, I bought it from uh, some, oh, some fly-by-night breeder named Mr. Bob Whitney. And... Um, it was one of his, and it, and it was it was a fairly decent dog, and uh, so that was my learning dog. And of course, Afghans like potato chips; you can't have one. So a year later, I bought another one, and then I showed it, and and then friends of mine said, "You know, you don't do a bad job showing these." So I started showing for other people, and showing and showing and then i became what they call, i called myself a weekend warrior people called myself you know i wasn't really a professional handler in the sense that i held a uh, monday to friday well monday to thursday oh monday to wednesday uh job uh during the week and uh showed dogs on the weekend <laughs> that's what we, i remember we used to I don't know if you still think you're, you're still working at all now. No, no, I've retired. Uh, I've been retired from radio stations. Yeah. I remember calling you the big yeah. WPRP. <laughs> yeah, I've always, uh, I've been in radio 45, 47 years before I retired, you know, right from, because I'm a broadcast journalist by trade. Okay. And then I, from there into sales, and then I managed the radio station for several years, and that was really good because I could get away because I was the boss. Exactly. Nobody knew. Mr. Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Carlson, and I could skip away, and uh, and I did. There was uh, I can remember there was one August back. Oh, it must have been about in the 80s one august i think i went into work two days that's when they had the circuits from cars and then up into blue water and uh barry and i think i worked two days that that month it was like 28 shows in 31 days or some crazy number like that it was crazy yeah yeah and they say we have too many too many shows today and really <laughs> it's not as any different than it was back then <laughs> 
I, I think it's more so that it's because we have more shows on one weekend. Like back then we had those circuits, but now we have, there's, there's some weekends where we have, being where I live and I'm near, near Toronto, you have three directions you can go, you know? Yes. So, yeah. And that's, and that's wrong. Yeah. That's kind of watering. Things and that's, up. and that's why when I sat on the board, we brought in the 350 and slowly that's going to stop because like arm gave up their dates. It's going to be hard to find anybody to move into arm dates because there's already a club on that. Cause there used to be two shows that weekend. Right. Well, that'll yeah. make the other weekend stronger. It's, it's sad for Arm Prayer because it's, I've been going to Arm Prayer for a million years, it seems. But the other show, I yeah. think, for a city will get stronger because of it. So, Hopefully. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the entries have been very good after COVID. And I think it's a case of people want to get out to the dog shows and they've got all these puppies that they want to show and adult dogs. But I don't know if a year from now, if that bubble will burst and we'll be back to the 100 dog shows. Yeah. And that's the scary part. Yeah. We're getting a bit off topic. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, We're sorry. Back. I, uh, I, know, I get on my I get on my soapbox, you see. So. <laughs> well, we can go back on the soapbox. Right now, I want to know about you. <laughs> so you start off the two dogs from, from Mr. Whitney. Well, you got them both from Mr. Whitney? No, I got oh. uh, the other one was from uh, Telerisha Kennels in uh, just around Guelph, and it was pure Shangri-La breeding. Oh. Um, it was, a, of course, a black and tan because it came from two of Gerda Kennedy's dogs, and um, and then oh, about I would say about ten years later, Jan Buchanan had I thought a beautiful Saluki. And uh, it was a litter mate to one she was showing, which she thought was better. And uh, the boys didn't get along. So I said, well, I can solve your problem. And I I bought what was then all stained sardonics, Rudy. Rudy and yeah. he became a he became a great show dog and uh did very well. And uh the funniest if it's a funny story, me was that I was showing Bassett's and I had Rudy out. And you know sighthounds, they don't, to run around and find somebody different every time to show them doesn't work really well. So I said, so I said, I said to Bob Whitney, I said, you will show my hound and I'm going to show Bassett's. And he said, why? I said, (laughs) it's a sport. And whenever I placed ahead of him with the Bassett, and he was second with my Saluki, he'd say, this is crazy. And I said, you just kind of have to work harder. And it was, to, it, it, to me, it was, it's a sport. It's fun. I wanted my dog shown. I couldn't show it fairly, but Bob could. And Bob, did, of course, is a great sighthound handler. So, and it, uh, it just went, you know, so it was a good year. We had lots of fun. And then kind of there was that, wasn't there another Saluki out at the same time that was doing a ton of winning out? Oh, Belsabram JR, Sunny yeah. from out west. And we went right down to the wire. I lost, uh, well, number, I ended up number two hound, number two all breed. Uh, on the last show when, um, Nigel Aubrey Jones gave uh, the Belsa Bram dog uh, best in show at, uh, at that was, would have been the last show, which was Caledon at the old exhibition center. I could have killed him. 
<laughs> but like he did he end up number one all breed then and you were number two all breed is that how it went yeah oh yeah <laughs> i think it was, it was it was one or it was one and two and just yeah it was, uh, but it was fun. Uh, it, oh, it, was, sure. it was, it was great fun. Uh, and, and part of the funny story, Bob went west at once at one time uh, to show Rudy, and Sonny came east with Belsa Bram to <laughs> to a show, and I was showing um, the uh, Chip Dog, the Labrador. Oh, the Labrador, yeah, yeah. And and Rogers Clark was judging, and I won best in show he was in the lineup he had won the hound group Thank and God. and he came up to congratulate me and i said you don't even know who i am do you and he didn't <laughs> and i said well i said i was i had ulterior motives to win this one and he, he didn't speak to me the rest of the weekend i don't know why See, to me he was a hell of a dog though he was a hell of a dog it was it was it was a game it was sport it was fun you know so yeah it things have changed a little now yeah yeah <laughs> so so now you skip it onto bucky i wanted to know about bucky ebony lane's buccaneer goals right what was his name the labrador yes yeah how did that come about how did you get bucky uh it was owned by uh peter langton yep i remember peter and uh, no, sorry, I take that back. It was Peggy Donovan owned Buccaneer Gold. Oh, he owned Peter owned Chip. He owned, he owned Chip, and uh, Peggy Donovan owned Buccaneer Gold, and she lived close by, and she didn't want to send him out and leave him with anybody. So it's only a twenty minute drive. So that's how I got him, and he was he was a hell of a dog. Garrett Lambert showed him as a puppy. And did very well with them. So, but she didn't. Garrett wanted to keep them, and that so that didn't happen. So, and then of course he ended up. uh, Well, he was always in the top ten the two years I showed him. But Chip was the top sporting dog in I don't know in one year, and he was a Bucky son. Okay, and I I I just I just I just. Yeah, and I just kept until somebody says, "Well, you can't, you, you can't make a black lab top dog, top lab." I said, "Sure, I can." Um, I picked. See that you know what happens is if you get known for a breed when you're handling, the good ones gravitate to you. Yeah, for sure. The good dogs want the best or the renowned handler for that breed. And um, so I had about a choice of about five black labs to choose from. So I'd choose one. He was top top Labrador, placed in the top ten. And then I did it with a chocolate because I was told you can never do that with a chocolate. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, you know, it, it, and the other breed was was bassets. I showed a lot of bassets and Moe and Artie, and and they were the story behind those was really funny. They were they were owned by Davida Scott, and uh, she got them all out of a kennel in Florida called Bonaparte, and she would go down and she would film six seven dogs, and she'd bring back and I'd watch the old film, and I'd say, okay, I want to see number two, number three, and number six in person. And so she'd bring them up, 
and we'd look at them and I said, okay, we're going with this one, to, this one this year. And we'd show them no more than two years. And then we'd send them back and get another one. And send them back, get another one. But again, I started with showing a dog called uh, AJ, owned by AJ. He was a big, big dog, and he he came out of um, uh, his background. His background was the uh, Basset breeder down in Niagara. Um, Rosemary? He was a judge for Rosemary. No, yeah. no, not Rosemary. No, no. no uh, gosh, got terrible. Her husband judged for a while down in Niagara area. But anyways, he came out of there. And I did so well with him. That's how I got the others. And they just kept coming and coming. Yeah. I remember you were hard to beat with Bassets. Yeah. Judy Taylor once said to me, because I showed a brace of bath bassets, never never been together again, put them together and away we went. And uh, she said, you know, you showed two of those better than most people can show one. <laughs> and I said, eh, double the fun. Well, they are. They're, they're a difficult breed to show. I, I remember when I talked to Brian Martin about it, he, he was the Michael Jordan of bass hounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We it's, ran into each other a few times. So. I'm sure. I'm sure. He's a key's quite a character. But he told me it's a difficult breed to, to put together. Yeah. yeah. Well, people try to make them straight in the front. And they're not. They're supposed to have that, you know, a little <laughs> bit, but not, not as much as some. But... So who do you consider your mentors in the sport then? Oh, of course, Mr. Whitney is probably my, my biggest mentor in uh, overall. Yeah. In, in when I started to judge when I was, in fact, when we were, when I was handling and Bob was handling, we'd set up fairly close together. Bob's job basically because I was a little bit of a hothead at times. Very competitive. Good, but a little bit of a hothead. And he would cut me off and say, just go sit down for a while. Just go sit down for a while. Well, don't do it. So he kept me out of a lot of trouble. Uh, you know, I mean I kept I was able to keep showing without any suspensions because of Bob. Um and uh, and in Salukis, it's Jan Buchanan was my was my mentor in Salukis, and of course Bob in Afghans, and uh, you know um, I took a. It's funny because I took a lot of handling classes from John McNichol. Oh yeah. John. yeah, 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 and uh, and to me, he taught me. So much, not necessarily about dogs and handling, but he taught me how to concentrate while you're in the ring. Because mm-hmm. people don't realize it's just to get in and run around. No, 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 no. When you go up and back, really focus on keeping that dog straight. Focus. Don't just run up and back. And he was the one that taught me that. And uh, he taught me a lot of things about handling that really, really helped and of course Archie Warnock is his sidekick there he just kept <laughs> making my life miserable <laughs> uh, John was a very good handler yes very very smooth very quiet but but in those days to the handler I, I guess today too they if you had a problem or a problem dog the other handlers would say 
here's what I would do, or try, have you tried this, or, you know, and they would help you out. I think but that camaraderie still there. It may not be as evident as it was. I think it was more so back yeah. where we, we all would go for dinner, and I remember being a kid and being at dinner with everybody, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So it doesn't happen as much anymore. No. And that's a shame. Yeah, it's true. How long did you show dogs professionally? When did you, when did you stop? I stopped when I applied to judge, and now I was going to, you're going to ask me when that was, and I really can't say. <laughs> I've been an Aubrey judge for probably six or seven years, so uh, 12 years, maybe 20 years ago, I stopped, and I handed all my stuff over to my daughter and said, away you go. Because <laughs> she was thinking, she was thinking of it. And she just then she decided, no, I could. I love the dogs, but some of these people are weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have our special ones. So when you start, oh, oh. <laughs> we have we have some. I had some great clients, and 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 a lot of my clients didn't have money, and. Uh, I didn't charge as much as some of the other handlers because I wasn't making a living at it. I had a paycheck at the end of the week without before I even went out on the weekend. And uh, to me, every cent I got, you know, I'd buy a bigger trailer, I'd buy a new truck, I'd, I'd buy generators, I'd buy. All. I mean, it was just a game for me and a fun game. Sure, yeah, like old timers hockey I played, but that was in the winter. So, and you were a goalie as well as I was a goalie. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was, I had my I had my old Kineski pads. <laughs> Mine were DNR. Mine were DNR pads. Yeah, yeah. but Kineskis were handmade down in Hamilton. Well, it's amazing. They I don't were, know if you ever have you ever lifted up a pair of pads now compared to our pads. Oh, they're light. They're oh, light. Light as a feather. I remember There's going to the them. Brad Park Hockey School, and they because I was a goaltender. I forget who was in charge of the goals thing, but they used to make us play soccer in our pads, strengthen our legs. <laughs> you could do oh, it now. And then you'd, you'd perspire in them, and they'd get heavier and heavier. Yeah. And I used to joke. Oh, now we're off topic again. I, okay. I used I used to wear pantyhose. Because it was wick, kind of the, the perspiration, and they wouldn't get as heavy. But and they only came up to the knees in those days. They didn't come up to the, you know, up to your thor torso, you know, the way they do now. Well, I know you dropped your knees and you exposed that whole upper thigh, and you were bruised for months. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, uh, the build up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. So you started judging. You you want to say twenty years ago then. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who was your mentor and judging? Mr. Whitney. Mr. He was my he was my sponsor and my mentor, and he and, and he's a very very good person to be a mentor if anybody you know because he he doesn't just sign the paper. He he would go and watch be judged, and then I'd call me over and he'd say, "Why did you do that?" I said, "Sounds like a good idea at the time," because he. I'm having so much fun that I sometimes forget that the exhibitor who I'm placing fourth is probably not having as much fun as I am because they were kind of hoping to be higher up. And I can remember even when I showed, um, I had some of my owners put, when they bred dogs, they put my name on the litter 
because I, I applied to become a judge through the, the the rule, not as a breeder like they like a lot of them, but as my involvement in purebred dogs. And uh, so they 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 put my name on litters in case I needed uh, breeding things and so um, requirements. Sure. And I can remember in Ottawa standing in the ring, and the judge gave me first with my Labrador, and I turned and I looked, and I said to the girl showing this stuff, I said, if I was judging, you'd be up here. That's a very nice dog. She says, well, you're just saying that because you bred it. I looked, I looked, I looked, I said, no, shit, I breed good stuff. <laughs> it was one that Peter Langton had bred and put my name on it, <laughs> but I didn't know. So it was funny things like that, you know, just, yeah. But as far as mentors in, in judging goes, it, it's primarily Bob uh, yeah. that's kind of kept an eye on me and well, you guys sure have been to Bob and Bob's for how long? That's how it's how we're, we recognize you both, Bob and Bob, right? They come to Bob's, right? Yeah, well, every year, we used to have the uh, the Bob and Bob trailer repair, so, you know, which we used to, you know, to do at the shows because anybody had trailer problems, it came to Bob, Whitney, and me, and we would, well, we'd go over and fix them type of thing, but uh, no. And, and we're involved now in... Uh, in the three clubs I'm involved in, Bob's involved, Bob and Elaine are involved in all three as well. Yeah. So yeah. you guys are a force now, you know, well, yeah, you're always a force, but you know what I mean? So you've been judging for 20 years. Um, not talking about dogs that are being campaigned now, but what are some of the dogs that you've had the pleasure of judging that have stuck in your head, in your mind, your mind's bank um, that you can talk about? Um, Like is, there, is there a dog out there that you've judged that you, you think, ah, oh, I wish I could have shown this dog, or I wish I could have been a part of this dog? Not, not dogs that I've judged as much as dogs that when I was competing that I, you know, like this, you know, mustache and dollgarth, I always wanted to get my hands on them. Um, I Because I just thought they were magnificent animals. Um, there's... Uh, you know, it's hard to say because I, I look at dogs and I don't say I I, I don't covet other people's dogs mm. in, in that sense. Um, but uh, as far as I can tell you, a lot of dogs I didn't like, you know, like uh, <laughs> that were doing very well. Um, <laughs> no, no, but, I, you know, you hear about a dog and then you see them in the flesh and you say, hmm. Oh, I don't know. Um, and, and that's just before I was judged. I never judged McCam and Marquis, but I never liked him. I thought he was huge. But he was a great dog, great sire. He goes back. So, you know, what do I know? And that's my favorite. Fun. What do I know? I always have fun showing you. What do I know? You know, I put a dog up because I like the dog. I I don't play politics. I I. There's a reason I do everything, but uh, it's not always uh, what people expect. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, so. you're out there for yourself, really. And I have to tell you, every time, every time I show you, I always have fun in your ring. So, well, there's just too many that don't have fun, and you know, if you get a 
if you get a novice in the ring, you better be able to put them, you know, at ease. My my classic line all the time is, I say, well, this is my first time. I said, we're going to get along because this is my first time too. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, it's just, what. I can remember some of the times that I went in the ring and I was just petrified when I first started the show under people. Like one of the first times I went in the ring was under Sam Back. Oh, yeah. Under Toronto. Oh, and I thought, oh, and said, you better watch Sam Back. Oh, I mean, he's, but I went in, showed he was, he was a gentleman. He was lovely. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's whether they spot you as somebody that should be shot. <laughs> we don't want, we want to stop him early from this sport. <laughs> and I don't know. Over the years, you've had a lot, a lot of big wins on your dogs. We talked about Rudy, we talked about um, Buck. Is there one that stands out? One that stands out that you reminisce once in a while about or? Um, I wasn't showing the dog. It was my dog. It was uh, the Saluki, Rudy. Uh, he won two out of the three bests at the old Metropolitan show. Oh, yeah. Which I, and uh, I got an e- uh, not an email, it was a, a note saying, because uh, that's when the year he was running against Sonny, and they said, well, goodbye to Sonny. Well, uh, he wasn't quite done with me yet. <laughs> but uh, And the other one was when he came out of retirement, um, the Vancouver had the expo show. Yeah, the big expo show with all the money. So uh, he came out of reti- retirement, and Bob took him down there. Two specialties, two best in shows. You know, he six groups or something, and just yeah, it was. That was probably a, a, one of the great weekends. But uh, I can remember, like the first time I sh- when I started the show, Rudy, and I kind of got him because. I was struggling to have, to win best in shows. I know I got to get a dog that'll win me a best in show. Um, so when I got him, I started the first time out as a special, and he was oh, eighteen months old. And um, it was at Pine Ridge when it was held down in Grafton. He won all three best in shows. He went to Peterborough, won three. Went to cars and won two. So he had eight best in shows in a row on that circuit. And I thought, oh, this is easy. <laughs> not not so much, you know. But he did he did okay. You know, and uh, he got me where I wanted to go. And he was he was a he was a good dog. And, yeah. but again, we I showed him way too early. 18 months in a sight hound. They're not developed. I know, but you, you come out at 18 months, he's <laughs> best in shows in a row, you know, you strike while the fire's hot, right? Oh, so, yeah, you just keep showing them in that. And uh, then I put them away for two months. <laughs> That's it. Brought them back. You know, and so, yeah, it's um, that, that, those were the exciting wins when I was doing that. Well, now, what about judging? You've had a lot of assignments across around the world in Canada and the States. What, what assignments stick out to you? I love judging in uh, Australia and New Zealand. I've done a, I did a, a beautiful assignment of nice hounds down in New Zealand, the hound specialty. It was just, they were just 
beautiful hounds. I think I, I ended up uh, putting up a, a fox hound that everyone said, where'd that come from? You know, because they had their Afghans on there, but their Afghans were totally different than what I like. And, um, and, and I find that in certain countries you go, um, like I've been to China, you know, Korea, New Zealand, Australia, the States. Um, overall, Australia has some pretty nice dogs, generally. Um, but if you want to see certain breeds, like if you want to see Salukis or Sighthounds, go to Scandinavia. They're beautiful. And I went to the World Show and I watched Salukis for three hours. And in the end, I thought, I can take any one of these. They're, be- they're that good. You know, there's little pockets. And there's pockets in Canada. Oh, we, oh for sure. I remember we, we had moments where Shitsus were the best in the world, you know, there's no question. Yeah. Because the yeah. competition was so good with, with Luke and Wendy and Marilyn Corbett and, and Mrs. Brown, all those all those dogs, they just they just show up and you know, any dog will win the group. And and that was that's the way it was in in Labradors in the eighties. Like the Americans were coming up to buy Canadian Labradors because, you know, somebody like Ann Rogers Clark's put up a Buccaneer Gold or a chip dog up here. And they and of course I think the judges talk, and you should see the Labrador I put up in Kent and before long, the Americans were coming up to get. You know, Labradors from Canada. Country of origin. <laughs> Country of origin, yeah. yeah. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> what, what advice, um, let's start off, since you wear two hats, start off with handlers. What advice would you give a, an upcoming young person that wanted to be a handler? Be truthful. I find most of them make up their stories, and they're, try, they're trying so hard to appease the client yeah. Uh, just tell the client the, the truth, you know. I once told Peter Scott, because he, he said, my dog didn't show very well today. And I said, you know, Peter, sometimes the dogs don't show well, and sometimes we don't show them well. And he laughed, and he says, that's so true. And I've come out of the ring, and I've said to two owners, I really didn't do a good job with your dog today. You know, it wasn't the dog's fault. Don't blame the dog. It's me. I I just wasn't on top of my game or I had something else on my mind because I was bad. If I was in the ring with a dog and something was going on in another ring with another one of my dogs and my daughter had it or somebody else had it, I, I, I couldn't divest myself of that. I kept wanting to be on both. Yeah. And I couldn't do justice to both. So, but I, but they've got to be honest to um, to to their clients and uh, and look after the dogs. I hear some horror stories sometimes, and it just it just rocks me. I just I, I can't understand it. If you if you're in it for the dogs, be in it for the dogs. Don't be in it for yourself. Right, you can't be a means to an end, you know. <laughs> and I think a lot, like a lot of the young people that help handlers they just want to be stars 
some of them like the dogs, and I think that's the, those are the ones that are going to make it, the ones that like the dogs, uh, the ones that just want to be in the ring and be a starter. They, they don't last. No, you're right. I agree with that. And, and Like I remember when I worked for handlers, there were some times I worked for free because you know, I wanted to be there. But you didn't, you didn't tell me that the, the <laughs> time I paid you. Jeez. <laughs> Well, I was a little older then, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I didn't use you often as a as, a, as an assistant, but uh, whenever I came, whenever I went to Belleville, I needed I needed help because I it's a local show, and I always had so many dogs. Yeah, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite my favorite story in Belleville is that I once had 20, 22 dogs entered in Belleville, and at the end of the day. I had to look after none. Because <laughs> they all went home. <laughs> all went home. Yeah. 22 went home. And I thought, this is the way dog shows should be. I, didn't, <laughs> I went out, had a good dinner, relaxed, chat, chatted with people. Didn't have to go back and X them or anything. And I got up the next morning at 7 and watched them filter in. I said, this is the way dog shows should be. But I was illusioned. It didn't happen. No, not consistently. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's twist hats now. What advice for upcoming judges? Study, study, study. Read, read, read. Get an image of what you uh, want in a, a particular breed and never forget that form follows function. And uh, like... <laughs> My sporting dogs have to have good bites. They're going to bring birds. You know, my my hounds have to move, especially my sight hounds. Um, they, they've got to be true in their gait because otherwise they're not going to go anywhere. Uh, same with my working dogs. I, I like a very athletic working dog. Um, Sometimes I struggle, you know, you struggle with the, the standards when it says you have to DQ a Rottweiler because it's missing one tooth. I don't know about you. I haven't been bit by a Rottweiler, but I wouldn't think one tooth is going to make a difference. So form following <laughs> function, that one missing tooth to me on a really well, good, missing that tooth or else on, I a really, on a really good dog. <laughs> Like, if it's a great dog and it's a Rottweiler and it's missing a tooth, yes, you should DQ it. But it could still do you a lot of damage if it's guarding you or so you just, okay, keep going. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so as a judge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Whitney says, no standards, they're just guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> and to some extent, they are guidelines. Oh, for sure. Give us a. You know, there's no recipe for a good dog. You know that. So it's you, you have to follow. You have to follow the standard. But I think, like Bob said, it, it's generalized in a lot of ways. But, but it, to be honest, you can read that standard, and you can make it fit. Almost, if you want to put up a dog, you can read a standard and justify what you're doing. Yeah. You can't, unless it's got an obvious DQ. Um, so, you know, moderate angulation. Well, that's moderate. No, that's moderate. What is moderate? Moderate to me is different than moderate to you. Right. 
you know, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. If you look behind me, you'll see my, I have a Dalton collection and I look at some of these old, the championship series, especially that were in England modeled after these famous British dogs. And they're very, very well put together. And sometimes you say, okay, that's what it, and, and other breeds, you know, poodles, somebody says they got to be poodly. But yeah, but poodly doesn't mean the front end comes out of the, you know. To me, when I look, stand back, I want to see the legs on a poodle coming below the ears, not below the jaw. So right off the, and these are things that as a young judge, you don't notice right away. You don't. For sure. Any experience, and, and your experience as a handler probably puts so many different mind's eye images that you had, yes. you had recipes to go on. So. Yeah, but some of the dogs I showed, like I look at some of the pictures of the dogs that I showed, and um, I think, holy gee, how did you win with that? Well, times change. Times change. Exactly, times change. I used to come out of the ring and say, magic hands. (laughs) No. Because sometimes if you don't know what's going on, it's it's good, too. Um, So the, the breeds have changed. And some for the better, some for the worse. Right, yeah. Um, and, and they, sometimes they get very popular in the start. And and as a judge, to me, I try very hard to not judge extremes. Breeders tend to like extremes. If it says good rear angulation, they'll put rear angulation like, and sloping top line like this, you know, I mean, that's extremes. To me, I like moderate, sound moving, straight moving dogs. And, and I think that as a new judge coming in, learn the standards. I mean, it's, it's impossible to learn them all. I can tell you that and go to as many seminars, talk to the good breeders, ask them what they want. They'll, but then talk to several. Mm. Don't just if if I want to know about beagles, I'm not just going to go to Will Alexander and talk about beagles. <laughs> I'm sorry. I might even ask Dougie Balter a little bit about beagles, and I might go down east and ask. Over. <laughs> <laughs> and and then you take it. Then you take all of these and you put it together and you form your own opinion oh, as to right what. Yeah. And uh, it's to me. Too many judges they get they get caught up on one or two things. And that's the hardest thing that that I have had to fight myself on. I get caught up on a minor thing and I make it a major thing and I say it's a fault, so therefore I'm not gonna use this dog. But look at the whole dog. Right. You remember that. Like it, it comes down to judging breeding stock here. Here, so yeah. and I've I have found over the years that certain 
breeders of certain dogs will put more emphasis on things that they may have had difficulties producing themselves. So it's not an easy job breeding dogs by any means. Oh, I've, ne- I've, I've never been, a, I'll, I'll admit, I've never been a breeder. I, I bred one litter of Salukis and uh, they were two years old and still living at home. The ones I did get sell and they came back. Uh, I bought them back and uh, yeah, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy breeding at all. But you know, yeah, you talk about breeders who, are trying to do something. I can remember winning a best in show under Rosemary McKnight with one of the Bassets. I don't know if it was Mo or Artie, but, and uh, I said, you know, I went in quite into the best in show ring quite relaxed because I didn't think you'd like this. It doesn't look anything like what you had. She said, yeah, but that's what I was trying to breed. Yeah, that makes sense, right? And I said, yeah, but it was so far off. I think she just, you know, who knows? Who knows what goes through judges' minds? That's the best part. <laughs> and I, I and I understand you're gonna you're gonna join the fraternity soon. Yeah, so. yeah I, wrote, I wrote I wrote last week. So oh, good. Have you heard, got the results? Not yet. No, not yet. Not yet. No. What about um? If you were to walk up to the twenty-year-old Bob Robotham, is there any advice you'd give him now? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change a lot of what I did. You know, I I I found that I would want to be a full-time professional handler, so I like being a weekend warrior, as I used to call it, because it didn't. It wasn't a lot of pressure. And like I say, I'm very competitive. And so I would have been cutthroat. I probably wouldn't have been a nice person. But <laughs> showing dogs on a weekend with a job to go back to Monday, if you lost, you, you did your best. Okay. You know, let's, let's move on. Um, as far as judging goes, yeah. I sit and I watch judges and I and I some of the older judges who are past and somebody, you know, that you respect like Nigel Aubrey Jones. And you'd say, before he dies, I'd like his mind. I'd like his knowledge. Yeah. You know, because that's gone. My God, it's wasted now. If I could have it, I'd make use of it. (laughs) So, uh, and there's a lot of judges. So if all of these judges who are passing would just stop and donate their knowledge to me, I'd be so happy. And, and I think that I almost become a good judge. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate your time today, Bob. It's good to catch up with you. And uh, I may stop in. I may drive by Belleville and give you a call and stop and look at all those books you have in your cabinet. You're more than welcome because I sit in there and uh, just uh, every once in a while I'll take one out and look through it and laugh and say, oh, I remember that. You'd be stuck with me for hours if I was there, trust me. Ah, That's fine. We've We've got an extra bit. (laughs) (laughs) all right Bob I appreciate your time and uh, I'm sure I'll catch up with you down the road somewhere I'm sure you will we'll be seeing you okay Robert take care take care thanks bye bye thanks Bob was great catching up to you for an hour 
if you like what we're doing here, make sure you press the like, share, and subscribe button. And if you want to get a hold of me, get a hold of me at dogshowtips at gmail.com. Or if you just want to find out what's happening in Will's world, go to willalexander.net. And don't forget about the dog show drive on all your spot on all your podcast providers every Thursday. That's the dog show drive with myself and Wayne Kavanaugh. Until then, take care, guys. <laughs>